Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Hey, we've got an excellent show today, Tom. We have uh, one of your former teammates, former first-round draft pick, two stints with the Rangers, a Stanley Cup with the Canadians. We have Lucien Deblois on the show. Uh, Lucien Deblois, those good guys. You know, when you come in, like, like some of the older guys. Good to see you again, brother. Sorry. Hey, good uh, to see you, Tony. So when you come in as a pro where you're a rookie and you're, like, you know, you're really looking for advice. And uh, Lucien was one of the guys that was you know, a veteran player, but he helped out all the arm guys too. Great teammate. So good, play, good hockey player too, man. You're pretty good. Oh, thank you. I guess uh, being a first pick, I, had, I must have had something, but uh, maybe it didn't th- translate in the, in the in the record book. But uh, you know, I, I thought I was a decent player. Yeah. Well, I think what I, I'm really impressed by you, like a business-like approach, the two-way player, uh, right? I mean, it wasn't just goal scorer for you. You were also a good, like, kind of killer. It's always been a, my part of my game. It's a, the two-way player. I was a good defensive player, even in junior, where I, I scored a lot of goals and. But I didn't score as many goals as Mike Bussey and all these guys. But uh, I was always part of the defensive type of game that I played. And uh, I'm proud of that. Uh, I was not probably the, the high scoring forward that they anticipated that I was going to be. But uh, I turned out uh, decent. I, remember I, had, yeah. I played 15 years and yeah. played a good two games. That's a good career. Great career. But did you did you feel any pressure? You and Duguay were both drafted before Bossy that year. Did you guys feel pressure when Bossy was lighting it up for the Islanders? It was a. It, it's always been a pressure with me and Mike and uh, with Dukes. No, not well, Dukes and I probably, but because we were both ahead of uh, of Bossy and uh, and early in the season it was not so bad because Mike uh, didn't score. Mike was such a, an incredible talent. Like uh, he was uh, misunderstood in his uh, draft year because of. Uh, at uh, those days, there was a lot of toughness in juniors, and and that was the Broad Street Bullies years and all that. And uh, and he got uh, maybe the short stick of uh, his talent because he's he didn't score uh, in his junior years. I think in four four years of junior, he didn't score less than uh, seventy goals every year. Oh, right. So it was like just amazing that uh, he he get slipped away that that long. Uh, but uh, you know that's that was the the, the day uh, that was the, the day of uh, uh, hockey was really hard and that. But uh, then he starts scoring. I always feel a little bit of pressure from from Mike, especially the the Islanders were an up and coming team, and uh, and they obviously they started winning four cups in a row in the '80s or whatever. So, uh, but uh, you know uh, it was part of it because I always had the pressure of playing against Mike uh, all through my junior years. Anyway. He was one of those guys too, like Rick Middleton, where you watch him play. He's lucky out there, right? But then he does it all the time. So it's not luck, it's skill. But it's just, if you yeah. first see him, he's really Well, if he was in New York, you know, they had him yeah. in New York and then they, him, they traded him to to Boston. And uh, and he was such a great player. And uh, I, I heard uh, many stories about uh, Rick, about most of his goals, the the puck never never ended up at the end of the, never touched the net, uh, just <laughs> barely. As the, the the goal line, but uh, he scored fifty or sixty a few years in a row. So, so play with those guys. guys. I have on the day on that night, the scoring goals were yeah, were uh, the, you can't teach that. I mean, it's just uh, yeah, it's just a, so, like I mean, this is a compliment. I mean, I mean, this is a compliment to you too. If t- you put Mike Bossy beside you and you, two, you guys are skating down the ice, carry the puck. 
I would say you're the guy that's going to score more goals. Uh, he, but he just had that way about it. It's like, I remember the one playoff year in 84 uh, where we lost uh, to um, Kenny Morrow scored the game winning goal in overtime. Bossy scored. I was on him. And I knew what I was doing. The puck came to me and I said, I'm not going to hold on to it. I got to move it right away. So, because he's right there beside I go to move it, hits him in the foot, and he goes off on a breakaway and, and scores. And I think, well, I, I still would do the same thing again. It's just he had, like you said, he had that knack to be able to put the puck. Yeah, Mike is an exceptional player. I mean, he's the only player that scored 50 goals in this, all his 10 years in the NHL. I mean, it's right. just amazing. Yeah. Nobody has done that. They haven't dressed you or whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, he was a good friend of mine uh, as, as we grew after our career and all that. Then we, we saw each other when he was working for uh, for a TV sports here in Montreal. He was like a, a sports commentator for the Canadians and all that. And, uh, and a great guy, great, great person. And it's so bad that we lost him. And it's all there the year that he, he passed away and all that. So it's, it's just amazing. So you were born and raised in Montreal? No, I was born and raised in uh, Joliette, uh, which is a small town uh, northeast of Montreal, about uh, maybe uh, 45 miles on north, north side of Montreal. Just a small community, about 25,000. Actually, I was born in St. Thomas, the Joliette, St. Thomas of Joliet, which is a farm. Uh, it was a farm community and all that, just a few miles away. And uh, born on a dairy farm and... Uh, I stayed on the dairy farm till I was about eight of eight years old, and uh, then we moved to the city, and that's where I started playing hockey there in the city. So I didn't. I played. I played the hockey on uh, on the pound a little bit with my brothers and all that, but uh, not not uh, not organized hockey. I started playing hockey. Organized hockey. I was nine years old. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Right? Most guys in Canada are six or seven years old, right? So about a dozen brothers uh, older than me and a sister older than me, and we all. We all skated, and uh, we started skating early and all that. We played a lot of sports. My brother uh, played football, baseball, and uh, it was the three sports, then uh, baseball, football, uh, basketball. My, my brother were in uh, private school and all that, so they, they went to uh, to uh, play the, all kind of sports. And I, I was the, the youngest of the family, so I just followed the footsteps of the three brothers ahead of me. Were you a good goal scorer when you were a kid? Uh, I was uh, pretty good. I, I, I ended up uh, being, uh, you know, I was the oldest, uh, the youngest playing in the, each category all the time. But uh, I was always the top scorer of the, the, the league and all that, or scoring the, the most goal and all that. And uh, I was uh, I was playing center at the time and in the natural center, and I was just uh, scoring a lot of goals. I played uh, I played junior B. Uh, I was 14 years old. Uh, Started playing junior B hockey, which was guys that were coming at 19 years old playing against me, and, uh, and uh, played a few games with my brother, who was five years older than me. And uh, and then the, the year after, at 15 years old, I was already uh, uh, playing junior B full full time. I went to a training camp in Drummondville, which is the the Quebec in the queue. And uh, actually, Neil Smith was the was at, was in camp there. I. Oh. I I played with Neil then seventy two. Neil was there uh, playing for the Drummondville, and we um, I ended up. Uh, uh, there's one thing that I couldn't speak to him because I couldn't speak English or worth. So, so, but uh, we talked. We talked about that after that. Then so, the just, so, were, Lucien, sorry to interrupt you there, but just so people understand, like at fifteen years old, we played junior yeah. hockey, and it was pretty rough and tumble back then too, right? Oh, so, yeah. your friends in the big bad bruise in the Flyers. So imagine. Yeah. And you're playing against 19-year-olds out there, two men, yeah. grown men. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I went back to junior V, and I uh, I ended up uh, playing with the team and, and being uh, played like 15 games on defense because our, our captain broke his, his his foot and all that, and I finished second score in the team and scored 45 goals that year sure. as oh. a center and uh, playing uh, probably 50, 50-some games or whatever, so... So and I got drafted junior in Sorel, and I went back to I went to Sorel and uh, played my four years junior in Sorel, which uh, my first year was unbelievable because I played with Pierre Larouche and Pierre Mouvelin, oh, and uh, Pepe Larouche was like uh, he was like unbelievable. He see that's the year he beat the he beat Guy Lafleur's record for the most points, two hundred and fifty two points. That I was let, let let's just say that as a sixteen years old, I didn't see too many power play. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, some Pierre Mont Dieu, Pierre LaRouche, and you, and Mike Boston. Yeah. Uh, so then you got drafted as an 18-year-old? 
It's an NHL. No, that, in those days, uh, actually, actually, uh, there's a story in the uh, seven, uh, 73, 74, 74 summers, uh, the draft of summer of 74, the NHL uh, drafted all the, the underage guys. Or, uh, they drafted, well, Brian Trotsky and uh, uh, Pierre Lerouge got drafted in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, there was like uh, Wolf Paymont got drafted. All the, the all the eighteen years old, uh, Mario Trolley in Montreal and Wolf Paymont. And uh, there's a bunch of guys in the, in the Ontario in the West the Ontario League that got drafted as an eighteen year old NHL. So people understand the CHL is the three major junior leagues: the Quebec League, the Ontario League, and the Western League. And they they made an agreement with the NHL that uh, so there's different rules when you're drafted. If you're drafted in college, you can come out uh, at any time. Uh, at junior, if you're not going to go uh, to the NHL, they can't send you to the minors. You have to go back. That's right. Yeah, you have to go back to junior. Except, junior. Uh, is there an exception now just for the guys that have played uh, five years juniors, which are the exceptional players? Uh, like uh, like uh, Connor, but this year he played as 15 years old in junior uh, out west. If he, uh, they, won't, they wouldn't be able to send him this year, but next year they would be able to send him to the American League if they, if they wanted to have 19 years old because that would be already five, four years of the league junior. Lucien, you were also a first-round pick of the Quebec Nordiques in the WHA. Was there any thought to staying in the province and playing there, or did you want to go to the NHL? Uh, there, was, uh, there was some discussion there a little bit, uh, when, uh, uh, but uh, my agent at the time was not a very... Uh, particular fond of the uh, WHA and especially the Nords have the time for whatever reason I think they had some uh, he had some beef or whatever so he took he never really negotiated with uh, in the Nords but I talked to their GM and uh, talked to their uh, they, they, they were really uh, they wanted to to me to, to go and sign with them actually they won I think they won the the, the call the Amco Cup that year in 77 or 78, the spring of 78, I think that's the year they won the, the championship in the, in the, in the World uh, Hockey Association. But uh, that was limited to that. And uh, then uh, when the Rangers offered me uh, the, the contract and all that, so that's where we, we just jumped with the opportunity. Actually, I signed my contract with uh, with Fergie and Jean Talbot in uh, Quebec City, actually. <laughs> there was a tournament for the league, and they were uh, they were there. They were present, and they signed the and they got the Shea show, the shake shows there too, the best hot dogs in the world, right there. Yeah, well, that was in the golf tournament. There was no Shea show there. <laughs> yeah, they were good at the Colosseum. You remember that? Man, it was the so, oh, yeah. best three game meal we ever yeah. had. Yeah, and we'd run to the tree, get the chain to run up by at the end of the game there to grab some hot dogs. Yeah. We'll get the bus. Yeah. So, what was your first year in the National Hockey League? What was my first year? Yes, your first year. What year was that? Uh, 77. Uh, Seven. Spring, uh, fall of 77. I came in with the Rangers. Uh, um, the, we training camp was in, uh, we were in, uh, Long Beach, Long Island at that time. Yeah. Like uh, we would Phyllis Mazzito, Carol Van Ayer, and, uh, Walter Kachuk, uh, Steve Vickers, uh, uh, Crash uh, I'd like to see, I think he might make you one. Dave, uh, Dave, uh, Maloney was there, like, uh, right. Gresh. John Davidson, Doug Sotart, you know, that was, uh, and Rod oh. Gilbert, actually, Rod was there. Donnie Murdoch, he was there too, right? Donnie was there. Donnie, Donnie knows the year he, uh, well, uh, I, mean, I don't yeah. want to get back into it. But that's the year he got caught, then, uh, but he got suspended the year after. Oh. The, the, because he didn't go to court yet. So they, uh, right. He played the whole year, but he got suspended the year after. But uh, yeah, we, I came in there like uh, I was uh, 20 years old, couldn't speak too much English. The good thing is, Jean Talbot was a coach, so he was French, obviously. So right. That helped me a little bit. But uh, training camp, I, I I remember we had a rookie camp here in Montreal. Actually, in Dolores Armo here in Montreal, Fergie was fond of Montreal, so we had a rookie camp uh, that yeah. year. And my first roommate ever was Mike Arizioni. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. So me and Mike, uh, Mike could speak quite a bit, but uh, I didn't speak English that well. So so uh, so I kind of learned a little bit with him, and uh, yeah. we were with him. Uh, all Stewart was there and dudes and all that. I mean, we're a bunch of guys that were there. But you're all too out. Have some Mario, Mario Marwa and all the Mario was there also. Yeah. So we were, uh, all got drafted as so we had a first running camp, a rookie camp here. And then we moved back to New York, obviously to Long Island. And uh, that's, uh, 
Uh, no, that was pretty little big of a culture shock for me in New York. I went during the summer for a press conference with Dukes, uh All the guys that they assigned during the summer, uh, Mike Keaton, uh, Dukes, um I can't remember, and, uh, Benoit Gosselin and uh, Mario Marwa, we were all in uh, for a press conference. And uh, so we went to see the, the, the Mets played one night. And uh, the next day, we we got the press conference. And, and we had tickets to go and see uh, Fleetwood Mac at the Madison Square Garden. And that was my first big concert, so I remember that. That's cool. <laughs> for, my, uh, for the press conference. Dukes take you to Studio 54 afterwards? No, well, Dukes was not to, uh, he didn't know all those plays yet. There. Right. <laughs> we, we, we find them uh, that was pretty pretty soon after we, we got there a few months uh, into the, the season. That's a guy, like, imagine what Duke gave before he knew all about Studio 54 today, right? He's a whole different, you know, he's a little farm boy from Sudbury. Well, not a farm boy necessarily, but, yeah. Oh, well, he was great, you know. He came in like, uh, I mean, everybody, uh, he's looking, you know, he had the long hair, curly hair, right. blondish. Uh, uh, he was kind of blonde when he came in, and uh, he was a very, uh, he was a great guy. We were roommate my first year uh, for most part of the year, and, uh, you know, he's speaking French too. Like you know, what he, yeah. well, a lot of people don't know that, but Ron was uh, brought up in French in Sudbury. There's a big community of French people there, and he, he went to French school until uh, high school, I guess. So he speaks and uh, really fluent in French, and uh, we're uh, so we worked up really well together, and we played on the same line with Pat Aiky. So uh, we had a great, uh, great first year. Uh, we both scored 20 goals, and uh, we ended up, you know. For, well, we didn't score fifty like Mike Bossy, but we <laughs> we we both had fifty goals. The Rangers made the playoff for first year, first time in uh, I don't know many years, and uh, so it ended up Dukes was playing center, and I played with right wing with uh, Pat Pat Eke on the left side, and they had a really, Patty had the thirty five goals of the year. So that was really impressive. But when I came into camp, I didn't speak English, and Carol was there, and all that. Carol and they helped me out, and her soul was Rod Gilbert. So Rod was really instrumental for me, and unfortunately, unfortunately, he retired in early or mid-November. Oh, because uh, I don't know for whenever I thought he could play still, but uh, he he retired. He, he was not happy with his ice time and whatever, and he ended up uh, retired. Uh, he was thirty-eight or thirty-nine years old, I guess. Right. So, right. How about Pat Hickey? Yeah, the best was he talking all the time because he talks all the time now. You, you asked actually, it was the opposite. He was not a you know, you know with his deep voice or just yeah. he was not talking too much. But uh, when a player like he scored many goals and uh, he was a great skater, hard worker, and all that, and uh, loved Patty. And uh, uh, so it was a uh, that was great, you know, Gresh and all that, uh, JD. So I ended up uh, starting the, the first few months, I didn't speak to. Too much. Uh, I was listening a lot, and uh, then that's uh, I finally got a little, uh, uh, a little better at the language, and then start uh, getting to on my own a little bit. You know? Sure. So then you you go to the finals of '79 with the Rangers. That had a, a real close team to it. You guys talk about it all the time. A bunch of young guys hanging together, yeah. really tight. Um, so playing against Montreal in the finals too, being a kid from Quebec, that's gonna be that would be pretty exciting. It was unbelievable. I mean, uh, the press and then the the family and everything coming in over and uh, and winning the first game in the the forum. Then uh, we won, I think, five two, and uh, we are we were on our way. The funny thing on this is like uh, the turning point is like Ken Dryden didn't have a really good series prior to that, and um, the second game, uh, the season, uh, second game of the playoffs, we were playing at the forum. Obviously, they they. They finish ahead of us, so we played in the forum. And uh, Scotty Bowman wanted to start uh, Bunny LaRock, uh, Michelle LaRock, as a, as a backup goalie for the second game. And he was taking a warm up, and uh, Doug Risebrough hit him right in the forehead with a slap shot. He hit him right in the slap shot right in the forehead, and uh, he couldn't play. He got a concussion or whatever. He couldn't play, so they put Dryden in the, in the net. And we scored the first. Uh, I think we scored the first. On the first shot, and I think we we let two nothing after like the first period or whatever. And 
then something came over. I don't know. The big guys, they're, they're big guys took over and it just, uh, yeah, we didn't touch the puck too much after that. But we had uh, many injuries and uh, that, that didn't help us. Uh, no excuses, but Wolf uh, Nilsson broke his leg just before the, the playoffs. And, uh, and JD hurt his knee uh, against the Islanders. That uh, really, uh, he was really struggling uh, with his knee. When he was getting down, he couldn't, couldn't get up or whatever. And it was not easy to come. Getting up was not easy for him <laughs> with this size. <laughs> He's a big man. He's a big man. Uh, we had a great run, great run, like Gresham probably won during the series. Everybody, we all that's going to be one of those moments too. Like I remember going to the Montreal Forum for the first time, right? All the banners are up there, and Gila Fleur yeah. flying around, and Larry Robinson, and Bob Gainey. So for you to be from there, like to play in the playoffs, the finals against Montreal, I mean, they say that uh, the team that we played, I think they had ten guys. If I'm not mistaken, I think they have ten guys that made the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. I'm with you on list. Yeah, but you have best one time, you know. That's cool. It's unbelievable when you think about that. And then, but you know, for me, growing up in Montreal, and obviously I know things, and yeah, the Montreal Canadian was my team ever uh, since I grew up. And when it, were, there was only one team then. If you jump ahead, then you actually signed with the Canadians in 84, and then you win the cup in Montreal. Uh, yeah, well, I got traded after that. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, but that's, uh, I got traded to Montreal uh, uh, from Winnipeg uh, in 84. Yeah. But that was a few years after, so uh, so well. But just playing the game like in the form uh, was just uh, amazing. And that uh, we had, uh, you know, Montreal was such a great team. You know, Pierre Larouche uh, hardly played. I mean, they were so de- deep in center that the Pierre Pierre uh, didn't play that many games against uh, against us, I guess, because uh, they had uh, Lemaire, Mondou. Uh, they had so many guys. It's unbelievable. Right. So then the next year you get traded, right? Yeah, we started the year uh, in uh, 79, 80, uh, and uh, I guess it was early November. We uh, actually, I, I, I had a decent start. I mean, I had like, uh, we went to LA and then we flew to uh, LA from uh, LA to uh, Colorado and then uh, mid-November and all of a sudden uh, the plane landed and uh, the old three guys on the plane, they was, I didn't realize it was that way. I'd make you in. My uh, Patty Key and myself, and we are we. They ask us to stay in the plane, so we stay in the plane. The guys all came out. And obviously, we knew something was coming out, um, coming up, and everything. So, Freddie Shiro came to us and he says, uh, "Guys, uh, you guys just got traded, and uh, uh, you got traded here in Colorado, and we're afraid. We wanted to tell you before you come off the plane because we were afraid that there were some TV uh, people or press waiting for us. So instead of learning from the press, uh, we wanted to tell you we got traded for Barry Beck. So uh, give us a handshake. Good luck. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. We'll play tomorrow or tomorrow night against you. Wow, that's rare. That doesn't happen very often that you're in the city when you get traded to it. But you, had, uh, you didn't see it coming, right? No, did anyone see it coming? Uh, we knew something was coming up, but we didn't know which player were involved or going to be involved whenever. So, uh, so that was a shock for, well, especially for me. I never got traded before. Uh, obviously, that was something that I should have known coming because I got traded many times after, but. <laughs> but uh, Mike McEwen had a great season. I guess he scored like 15 or 16 goals the year before. He was a great player in the playoffs. Paddy Key was great. You know, he was playing with the with the tw- with the uh, Swede uh, Bergen Nelson. We, we anticipated there would be a trade, but we didn't know which one would be which player would be picked. Or whatever. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Well, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. It's funny, we've talked to other players about this when you get traded. Like when other guys get traded on the team, you kind of move on. I mean, you, you know it's a big deal. You guys have to move to a different city and everything. But when you get traded, it's a whole different story, right? It's like we're, everybody just takes off. Like in your case, okay, you took on. Now you're playing play against them the next night. Yeah, and the next day we just went out uh, and, and stayed right by the uh, McNichol Arena. There was a, I think it was a Holiday Inn and all that. So we all look in. We were all met to the three of us. We went for in the room, and then we were all looking to say, oh, and we had to talk to all bunch of reporters. We met. Uh, we got uh, we met uh, Ray Miron, who was a GM, and Don Cherry was a coach. Come over and say hi, say hi to us in the, in the lobby. Then we went for the pregame skate the next day, and that, that's how it started. I mean, it was like a, a fire rolling and all that. We yeah. didn't really so we went to see Graves. Graves, uh, Graves was great though. He really helped us. Uh, you know, this is Don Cherry. Uh, people don't know him, right? Yeah, Don Cherry was good. Yeah, Don Cherry. Yeah. He was like also Graves up in Canada. Yeah, yeah. He was really. Uh, he was. He helped me out uh, in uh, in my career uh, a lot. And uh, but he was not so kind with Mike McEwen. And uh, actually, it turned out great for Mike because he got traded before the end of this uh, the year, and I uh, got traded to the Islanders and won the fourth cup with them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But well, Mike McEwen. Mike McEwen is a great guy, but he kind of had that kind of. Uh, Kind of goofy way about it, right? But it's a good guy. Well, I, it was like uh, we used to call him Spaceman a little yeah. bit. No, like he was a little bit of, uh, but yeah. that was Mike. You know, I'm, I've been his roommate many times and uh, I uh, loved, uh, loved Mike. You know, he, uh, he was he was great. I never had any problem with him. It's just that, you know, people uh, thought he was a little bit different and uh, yeah. a little spacey, but uh, he was, but. You know, you had to accept the player. What he was great player, great skater, great skater, great shot. How was that first game against the Rangers? Is that bizarre when you're playing your teammates now the next night? All right, it was as low, uh, as bizarre as you can. I think we beat the Rangers to Colorado. They won too many games that year, but we beat the Rangers, and uh, it was bizarre also for Bubba uh, Barry uh, Barry playing against his old team at home. You know, it was, uh, he, had, he was the captain of the team. I think he was like a big, uh, big rock. And, uh, I don't think he was captain, but he was an assistant. And he, you know, he was the, the main player. But uh, they wanted to. They had the Rob Ramage, who just drafted. They just drafted Rob Ramage as a, as an eighteen years old, and he was coming in uh, the league. And uh, they had uh, quite a bit of good defensemen, I guess. They thought they had. They, they, they want, and the Rangers wanted that big. Big tough defenseman to go uh, against Philly and Boston and then whatever and, and our division was where the Rangers were. It was a tough division against the Islanders and uh, Philly actually and Washington, Washington was up and coming too a little bit. It was bizarre. I mean, playing against Gresham uh, and uh, my friend Carol Van Damme. He was uh, I, I mentioned Carol a lot, but Carol was such a good friend, such a mentor for me. I missed him so much since he. He passed about that's almost been ten years now, so it's uh, it's unbelievable. But uh, it was uh, you know it was it was hard uh, playing that first game. <laughs> you don't know if you oh I mean you you feel like you're you're in the cloud or whatever. Yeah. Say, what the heck's going on? Well, like I don't know if people realize what a big deal that is, right? For the team to go to the finals like you guys did, you young young guys really close tight, uh, and then to have a trade of that magnitude, right? Like three guys off the start. It was five players in total, right? Like it was it was five players, but there was a there's a there was a minor league guy. That his name was Bobby Crawford. That's right. Oh yeah, and he turned small Bobby Crawford, not the Crawford from the family, the Crawford family, which had played like uh, NHL. It was an American kid, the Bobby Crawford, played for Team USA, I guess before. Oh, okay. And and. Uh, 
And the other one, uh, Dean Turner, he had a bigger head than I do. Wow. Yeah. He went, they couldn't find a bucket. They had to think of they, they could they, they had to think of a, a garbage pail. Oh, they made a helmet out of it. They, oh, they, that's it. That's a big guys. square head and all that. He was a big rugged defense. Dean was good with that. Actually, everybody thought it was a fifth, uh, sixth player in the deal, but actually Bobby Sheehan got traded the next day to Colorado oh. for Dennis Archer. And, but everybody thought it was six four one, but it was not oh. six four one. It was actually it was five guys, but Dean Turner and and uh, Bobby Crawford were they were uh, like more like uh, uh, like uh, minor league players that were thrown in the deal, but they were not like uh, on the team. Right. So how many years did you play in Colorado? Two years. I I finished my contract and um, I played with Don Cherry the first year. And the second year, uh, Bobby McMillan was the coach and GM, and um, and uh, played two years. I scored like 27, 28, 29 goals, I guess, uh, the next day. And um, they uh, they offered me uh, they they went uh, they do they offered me the same contract. They would they would give me a cent more or whatever. So I turned out to be a free agent uh, with compensation at the time. It was like we were like. Uh, like we had like, uh, the, we had no place to go, so I ended up being a. Uh, so I turned off uh, the. Uh, I, I turned out down the uh, the offer that they sent me. I guess they didn't like it, and they traded me. Uh, I got traded to. Uh, I, they traded my rights to Winnipeg, which was Fergie who was with the Jets then, and Fergie had me uh, drafted me actually with the the GM with the Rangers when I, we got drafted. So I get traded to to Winnipeg for a third round pick and uh, and Brent Ashton. Oh, suitcase! First time that Brent uh, Galfrey got traded for me. So so I won't get all that because we all get traded so many times after. <laughs> like he got traded like ten or eleven times. So he got traded six seven times. And yeah, not a good player too though. He was a great player, big guy, can skate. Right. I don't know why. You got traded so many times. So at the NHL, you get traded all that time. You're called suitcase. That's the automatic nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's funny because uh, in those days, you couldn't do a bar. I mean, I was free agent. I was not signed. And uh, Scotty Woman called me because Scotty was in uh, uh, Buffalo then. So he called me in. Uh, he was uh, The draft was in Montreal, so he called me in during the, uh, during, during the draft or whatever. Where he says, I got to see you. I got to see you. Come to my suite in Montreal. So I go to the Queen Elizabeth suite, and then I go to Scotty, and say, so, ah, you're a free agent. We want you. Well, I want you in Buffalo. I will play you with Gilbert Perrault. <laughs> play with Gilbert Perrault and Ricky Martin. I need a right winger. I need a guy like you. And all. I don't know. So, but he says, you got to tell Fergie that you don't want to sign there, so he'll have to trade you. So I said, okay. And so I ended up, I said, can you make the trade before? Uh, can, can you make the trade? And then I'll sign with you or whatever. So, yeah. But yeah, I had to wish up. And I ended up, you know, I ended up for you signing me. And uh, I ended up three years in Winnipeg. And uh, and uh, had the chance to play with uh, Dale Auerchuk, who was a great player coming in. And he was rookie of the year uh, that the first year. And uh, we had a, Bunch of young kids and Doug Sotart was already there. Actually, Dougie and I we played the. We're, that's the guy I played with the most in the NHL. We played for three different teams together and we, we followed each other all the time. So, who the Rangers? Uh, oh, the Rangers, Winnipeg, and Montreal. Is that the three teams together? Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Nice, nice Tom. Thanks. Oh. Yeah. That's so, all. Um, so we uh, we ended up over there, and then uh, Serge Savard came in around Christmas. He gave me out of retirement, played a year and a half with us, and uh, I ended up uh, uh, having some really good years on the, as a two way player. I obviously, was scoring 27, 28, and uh, and uh, thirty goals, 30, 34 My last year with Winnipeg, and I was a team captain for two years. I took over. Um, uh, uh, Dave Christian as a captain because he got hurt early in the season, the, the second year. Mm-hmm. So I, I took the, they gave me the seed and they gave, I ended up being a captain for two years uh, with the, with the Jets and uh, 
and uh, had my best year and all that. I loved it there, and uh, and I didn't want to get traded. Actually, <laughs> my contract was up for he was uh, didn't want to, you know, you know, in those days, so he asked for five thousand dollar. They give you a five thousand dollar raise, and you score thirty five goals, and yeah. now you they give you that five million dollar yeah. raise. So, totally. Over there, if you if you say no to a five thousand dollar raise, they look at you like you're yeah. you're a thief or whatever. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I ended up. Uh, he ended up uh, talking to Serge, and I played with Serge. So he, so they made a deal. I got traded to to uh, the Canadians uh, in June 14 summer uh, for Perry Turnbull, Percy. Big Perry Turnbull, one for one, and. Uh, and uh, I I loved it in Montreal. It was great on you know, coming in home and everything. And that ended up winning a Stanley Cup, which is the best thing that ever happened to me. And, that was the eighty sixteen. Uh, eighty sixteen. They beat your reindeer. That's the That's a year Patrick Roy came in as a rookie. He stayed over in my place and he stayed uh, he stayed with us uh, for two years. And he ended up uh, you know being uh, the the biggest reason. Not the only reason. Yeah. One of the biggest reasons why we won the cup. Who, who did you guys beat in '86 in the semifinals to get to the cup? I, who was that? I, I think we beat the Rangers. Oh, that's I remember. I remember. You remember that series? It was unbelievable. That was good. I, that was too good. The game, the game with overtime in in the yard was one of the unbelievable games that I ever seen. I mean, how many posts did you guys hit? Unbelievable. That was good hockey. Yeah, it was two good teams. Yeah. So how many when years was, did you have Montreal? How many years did you play there? Years, two years after I became free agent. And then the, uh, Phil called me in and uh, called my agent and all that. And then uh, you guys, uh, you had a really good year too. You had a good year before. And then this that year also was really good. And uh, I ended up uh, ended up uh, with the Rangers. And, uh, I signed, uh, I must have signed, I guess, just at the end of August or something like that. Right on this I had a three-year deal, so it was perfect for me. Is that where you finished your career? No, I went back to that. I moved around quite a bit after oh, that. Yeah. Oh, wow. I always remember the year, every year, the trade deadline, he kept saying, oof. Yeah, I got to o'clock, three o'clock, oof. Fool them again. Uh, Fool them again one more year. It's uh, no, that, nobody else. That was the time you came up and they say you were too late. They trained you to L.A. Yep. Exactly. That's you remember that day, right? Oh, God. Uh, I just like, pull them again. All of a sudden, the the the, the, the ticker tape came in late, yeah. and then they came oh. in and they say, it was like almost uh, an hour after the trade. Let's say, by the way, Tom, you I know. You, that's funny. You remember that? That's cool. Well, guess we, we had Trader Phil, uh, Phil Zito was our GM, and he he earned the term free Trader Phil. So we just normally I wouldn't hang around on draft day. I just or I mean on trade day, I just go home. Thinking I'm not gonna get traded, and this day, this time I thought, oh, something could happen. So he stayed at the rink till three o'clock when the deadline was. Left at three, thinking, well, it's not, it's yeah, I'm good. Be. I made it home. Yeah, I'm good. Got home. My ex-wife, wife at the time, cried at the door. God. And you know, that's funny. This too. I don't know about you. That was the only time I got traded. So the ego kicks in, and you want to know that you get traded for a good player. And, and Marcel Dow was the, I got traded for was a real good player. It's just that he was like 70 years old by that. It's like he's. <laughs> You got traded for Marcelo and who else? Bobby Carpenter and myself for Marcel Dion, and I think there was a uh, minor league player involved, but a 37-year-old Marcel Dion. Yeah, 37 at the end of his career. Yeah. It, I don't know how you were. Were you like that too? Like you wanted, like who do you get traded for? Like you, you remember Perry Turnbull and all that? Yeah, I mean, I remember when I when I got traded with Serge because I knew Serge quite a bit. And when he oh. called me at home to tell me that he, he's the first one to call me before Fergie called me. And uh, he called me, says, Shang, I said, you, you got, just got traded to Montreal. Oh. I said, for who? He says, Perry Turnbull. I said, just Perry Turnbull? <laughs> no. <laughs> Holy Perry. One for one. That's that's one of the first things to think about when you get traded. There's all the stuff that's in that happen. It hurts our feelings if yeah. we... we don't, <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so you end up then, you're, you got moved around. Where was the last team you played for? Actually, uh, yeah, I moved to tw- three times after uh, the Rangers. Yeah, well, right. after you left, uh, Marcel came in, finished the year. Then the year after, uh, it was Michel Bergeron was a coach, right? Oh, that's right. Here, Guy Lafleur came in uh, in Guy Lafleur came in out of retirement and played uh, played with Marcel and all that, and then, uh, and then uh, 
that's the year uh, Phil fired uh, <laughs> Trigger Phil fired Michelle Bergeron on uh, April's April uh, April uh, Fool's Day uh, in Pittsburgh. Right. We couldn't believe it. Then he walked in the room. Bergeron walked in. That guy's like, "That's just got hurt." He was crying and all that. Everybody's going, hey, "Come on, Bergie, stop yeah. getting around. We got a big game tonight and everything." And oh. he, he got fired that that day. Anyway, so anyway, to make a long story in short, uh, uh, the end of the year, that was the end of my contract. Far, uh, Phil got fired. Bergeron went to Quebec. Uh, we went back to Quebec as a school. So there's nobody there. So uh, uh, And uh, I should have been very uh, patient. <laughs> I should have been the old patient because I love New York. And uh, you know, uh, you've been to my house. We, we were in Rye. We had, I had a great little house on, the, right. on Park Avenue near That's the right. golf course and everything. My kids were in elementary school and everything was, was fine. I loved dipped uh, Rye. But, you know, the year before, I, I was on the waivers before the season, and then I could have, I could have got picked up by another team or whatever. So that was my last year. So I didn't know what their plans were or whatever. So I ended up signing too early with Quebec. I went back to full Bergeron and Guy Lafleur in Quebec. I kept saying I played with Guy Lafleur with three three different teams, and that was a trivia question. I said, well, "Who's the only player who played with Guy Lafleur in three different teams?" I said, "Oh, I raised my hand." I said, "Yeah." He followed me everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. But uh, uh, so, and uh, that's where Neil came in. Neil Smith came in, and he hired Roger Nielsen as a coach. Like a couple of weeks after, I, a week or maybe after I signed, but I had no idea. If I had been a little bit patient, I would have stayed probably because uh, I talked to Roger Nielsen. He, he liked the way I played and all of that style, defensive player, or whatever. So he, he would, you know, his style, he liked the defensive yeah. player. So uh, I, I probably would have signed maybe a year, a year or two year contract, which, uh, but I ended up in Quebec and I got in Quebec and uh, there was the disaster there. So I started the next year to change the whole group in Quebec and, uh, and they traded me to Toronto. I got traded to Toronto for uh with uh, Michel Petit and uh, Michel Petit and Aaron Broughton uh, for a third round pick and uh, a player, a young player, Scott uh, Thornton, I guess his name was. But, uh, and uh, we ended up uh, ended up in Quebec and and uh, in uh, Toronto. Right. I I made a joke. I said I was in the original deal for 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 uh, Eric Landros because. Uh, they traded Petit, Iron Grothen, and myself, and, uh, and so they they tank they tank the team stuff. But actually, they made a few other trades. They they got rid of a few other players after or whatever. So anyway, they, they traded. They finished last, and they traded. They drafted Eric Lindros. That's right. That's how they build, they build that team, you know. So the 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 they tank it. They they really wanted tank, so they tank it. Right. <laughs> and then what? So I went to Toronto and. Uh, Played a year and a, uh, two years, about a year and a half, and we get traded again in November. And so <laughs> Toronto uh, were so so in a way, but I played with Wendell Clark, uh, Rob Ravenger was there again, was the captain. Great guys. And I uh, enjoyed my years in Toronto. And at the trade deadline uh, the year after, in the 92, spring of 92, uh, trade deadline, they traded me for Mark Osborne in Winnipeg. And that's the year you remember we had a, a strike for uh, we went on strike for the uh, for 12, 12 days and guess or something like that. That was over the trading card. Was over trading card rights or something too? No, the trading cards right. And uh, remember the other thing that I believe was the have the the rights of their our names in the back of the oh, jersey. That's right. Yeah, because we didn't have the right of our own names as a player association. So. We ended up uh, getting a little bit of a pension boost then. <laughs> That's right. Uh, with the Jets, we lost uh, seven games against, uh, we were leading 3-1 against uh, Vancouver in the playoffs. The first year of Pavel Bury, and we lost in uh, seven, seven games in Vancouver. To make a long story short, I, I had the exit meeting with Mike Smith, and uh, I was uh, seven games short of a thousand games, so I had an understanding that I wanted to play my seven games, and uh, 
seven or ten games that make it the thousand three, then go at being an assistant coach, GM, uh, no, an assistant coach, uh, players assistant coach in Moncton, oh. in their farm team, to finish my career, and I agree with that. And I said, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't make it sign it. So he came up during the summer. He never called me. Never. I thought I was hoping. I I knew I was not a priority, but uh, so that he, you know, I was going to finish my year, my seven games, and you know, go to coach in the, in, in Moncton or whatever after. And uh, he ended up. He never called me back. So I never called any other team. So I ended up uh, had to take my career uh, away. <laughs> they stole my skates. And he said they. That's how I retired. That's how I retired. But the guy that replaced me on the right side was not so bad. That's the shabby. Who was that? The laddie. Oh, wow. That's not bad. That's right. What's up, man? So, <laughs> only 475 that year. 72 years. Did you go right into, into scouting as soon as you got retired? Uh, not right away. Uh, about a year after. Year after. Well, the first year, uh, first year after scouting, uh, after uh I retired. I, I did a little bit of a TV for RDS here, like uh, it's like a TSN or sports uh, sports uh, sports there uh, in TV and it's sports uh, televisions for, uh, and I did a few games there, a few NHL games, and then the year after uh, the Nordics, uh, I I got hired by the Nords as a scout, doing a little bit of pro and uh, mostly the amateur side in Quebec. Worked two years for them, and then. Uh, when as a coach, uh, I went uh, as an assistant coach with the with the Nords, and then I ended up uh, going back to junior as a GM and coach in Moncton, the first year of the Moncton in the Q, uh, which is a really successful franchise now. And then I uh, had all kind of trouble. I'm not going to go through that story, but I ended up with Doug Sotard in Kansas City as a, as an assistant coach in the IHL for two years. Yeah. But uh, Dougie, uh, Dougie was the uh, was his GM there. Has so be, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Doug Schultz. So that's basically. And then I ended up with uh, Adam, Adam, uh, Mighty Ducks as a pro scout. I worked five years for them, and then uh, I ended up uh, with Vancouver uh, as a pro scout for f- fifteen years. I worked for them, and a little bit of the amateur scout at the end. So I had like, uh, I was one of the lucky guys, if I call that lucky. That uh, stayed in hockey after my career. Sure. Definitely, not too many guys are have the chance or the the opportunity because all well, I'd like to do that. But scouting is not as easy as it looks. Oh, a lot of traveling. Most, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Which is which is the fun with the scouting, especially in the pro. Is that uh, when I did pro, is I you would go to the big ring. I used to see aggression, uh, you and whatever the I guys see. in New York and. I'd go to New York many times, and that's Philly, you know. They always get to old players that you played with or you played against, and the, the camaraderie and the stories all come yeah, out. And I know, right? You go for a drink after the, the game, and you go to a different direction the next day, but uh, you spend a couple hours, and you always get some good memories and this good stuff. Well, listen, uh, you've had a fantastic career. Uh, and like I said, I think you said this before the show we started, uh, you're one of the guys like I really, really enjoyed ha- you having, ha- having you as a teammate, uh, both as a player and as a person too. Like you're just that great team player. So you should be very proud of the career you had. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the, the comment, uh, especially of being a, a good guy, a good team. Yeah, uh, means a lot really, to you, right? Yeah. That really means a lot to me because... Uh, it's such a good game. It's such a fun game. But uh, what makes it uh, so fun and interesting is, is the the people that you meet, yeah. the people that you, yeah. the teammates, and the the stories, the fun that we have together. And all. I know, right? Yeah, and nah, that guys, nation so, so much fun. Well, it's great to see you again, and thank you very much for coming on the show. You were fantastic. Thank you very much, Tommy. And anytime, and uh, to the Ranger fans and everything, I still the Rangers, my first team. <laughs> Yeah. They got drafted me. I, I still uh, check all the time on the Rangers and all that. Uh, all right. Ranger fans are the best. Yes, they are. All right, brother. Good sight. Thank, Thank, Thank you. Are you you doing pirates now? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. You do accents. Now it's pirate. What's, your, what's uh, pirate's favorite letter? R. Except when he's out the sea. Oh God! Oh boy! <laughs> uh, anyway, that was a great episode with yeah. uh, with your uh, 
teammate uh, Lucien Delois. I can a few things. I did. I forgot that he was a first round draft pick. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he played for so many teams because he was a, one of those guys. He missed Brett Ashton during the show, and Brett Ashton was the same way, where he was a good player, yeah. but he kept going to different teams all the time. I guess that's a good sign that everyone's right demand. Yeah, if everyone wants you. But, it's... but yeah, he had a great, good career. Good. He had a really good stint in, in Winnipeg where he was captain. Yeah. He scored 34 goals one year. Yeah. Just a solid two-way player. Yeah. Good guy. He didn't, he talked about it in the beginning of the show, but he did, he was picked ahead of Bossy, as was Duke. Yeah. He didn't live up to that um, hope, I guess, but he had a yeah. great career, almost a thousand games. Definitely. That is the thing about the draft, too. You look back at the history of the draft, some of the players that were later round draft picks that had fantastic careers and other guys that were ahead of them in the draft, uh, you know, maybe more than good. But again, still not as good, but still a 15 year career. Yeah. As he was, he was solid like Duke. It was the knock on Bossy, as he mentioned, was that Bossy was soft because he didn't, he said he never fought, he didn't, he didn't get into the rough stuff, but at Clark Gillies. Yeah. He had Bobby Nice turning to watch over. He, he, you know. And I was one of the guys that tried to beat the crap out of him too, Bossy, but did stop him. I, like, I don't know how he got that reputation because usually if somebody gets an attack like that over and over, then he backs down. He did never do that. So I, to get that reputation, maybe he was like that. Well, Lemieux had the same reputation too. Yeah. Like, big guy didn't want to fight, didn't want to get hit, yeah. but still, you know. And, but, and he changed as a player over time too because, again, I started, like he, he came in 84, I think it was, yeah. Lemieux did. So I was there playing, and uh, we used to just pit him against the boards, and he wouldn't fight back at all. Then he played the Canada Cups with Gretzky and Messi and all those guys, and then he started to become this different guy, you know, much more competitive player, fighting back. He also filled out a little bit too, where he yeah. was like yeah. six four two, you know, yeah. two twenty. He was yeah. a big guy. That, that's very true. He was big, and he was one of the few guys that over. I thought about uh, Lucia Devon now, but uh, Mary Lemieux, uh, he was one of those guys that was so big, but. And, like usually a skilled player like that with Gretzky was a little bit smaller. You could yep. get, get him a whole lot. You couldn't do that with Lemieux. He was uh, yeah, pretty good. But back to Lucien Devois, he had a great career. Went, went home to Montreal. Unfortunately, knocked your Rangers out. Won the cup and won the cup. Uh, you know, you think about his career, right? You know, you drafted by the Rangers. You go to the semifinals, finals, excuse me, against Montreal, where he's right. from that area. And then also, you get to go back to Montreal, and win a cup there. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty like amazing career, really. You think back, but maybe he wasn't as good as other people thought he was going to. But but the career, the cities he played in, yeah. uh, you know, going to the finals, and you could tell he was a good locker room guy because yeah. he went back to two teams. He yeah. went back to the Jets and to the Rangers. So obviously, they wanted him back. Wait, thank you very much, sir. Very good show. Great show. Really good. <laughs> good. All right, Grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.